This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everyone. I'm Ann Bogle, and this is What Should I Read Next, episode 24. Welcome to the show that's dedicated to answering the question that plagues every reader. What should I read next? We don't get bossy on this show. What we will do here is give you the information you need to choose your next read. Today's guest is Melissa Price. Melissa is a mom of two who lives in Raleigh, and she's a regular reader who does it for the love of it, not for her job. Although not that long ago, she didn't consider herself a reader at all. We talk about her tipping point, her taste, and her attempts to branch out with her reading in today's episode. Let's get to it. Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you, Anne. I'm really excited to, t- to talk to you and talk about books. Oh, thank you. Me too. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a stay-at-home mom, and I am raising our two boys who are about a little over two, and then our baby will turn one in May, and we live in the ever-changing Raleigh, North Carolina, where today it's sunny and tomorrow it could be raining or (laughs) snowy. I mean, that's really how it is. Keeps things interesting. And my husband, Anthony, and I, we have been married for almost 10 years as of the end of the month. And we love to travel, although it has changed a little bit with having the little guys. Mm -hmm. And we really love coffee, which is one of the reasons that we found you and specifically found your family. So books and coffee. Mm -hmm. I'll take that. Melissa, how does reading fit into all that? Well, I started reading um, a couple of years ago after I got done with my master's. I realized, oh, you can read books based on your choice. And so all of a sudden, a whole new world opened to me because I wasn't being required to read anymore. And so um, when you published your summer reading list the first time, um, I just picked ones from each category and had a huge stack on the top of our dresser and just started to make my way through that. And ever since then, so I think that was in 2012 when you first did that one, I have read tons of books and I would have never considered myself a reader before then. It was very painful for me to read a book because I just didn't find things that I liked or, and so, um, in the last few years, I've just had a complete turn around and I fit in reading um, often when the boys, if they are overlapping their naps, I'll, I'll read during that time. And then at night, if we're just hanging out, I'll be reading. So I just try and squeeze it in now. And it, I feel like it's a way of learning about other things and in experiencing other people's adventures. And it inspires me to want to do things like that too. Yeah. Well, that's very inspiring. When you were doing required reading, what category were you reading in then? Um, I have mostly been reading nonfiction. I like reading memoirs. Um, I like to learn about other people's lives. I find it fascinating. Um, Like I loved reading My Life in France. Um, Just hearing hearing about 
other people's lives and, and thinking about what it'd be like to live like that or things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here's how this works. You are going to tell me three books you love, one book you hate, and what you've been reading lately, and okay. we will talk about what you should read next. Okay. Let's start with your favorites. What are three books you love? The first book that I love, I chose Love Does by Bob Goff. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about it. Um, in the book Love Does, he talks about, he has very short chapters, and each one it just has a different theme. And it was very riveting to me because um, it's kind of like what you had talked about. Books are find you when you need them or time and place. And we were, I was reading this book as we were flying to, from Sacramento, California, where my husband and I were born and raised. And we were flying up to Portland, Oregon. And while we were in Portland, we heard about a giant adventure and Love does talk so much about um, doing things and not just sitting back and and watching other people do things. And so I felt like I had been getting prepared for something. And that something ended up being to move about 3,000 miles away from our home and our family and everything that we had known to move to Raleigh. And I had never even heard of it. I didn't even know how to say the word Raleigh, let alone where it was. And so we came here to help start a church. And so we have been here for almost three years in June. And now we've had both of our boys here. And so Love Does was just a pivotal book for me in where I was at in my life and where um, I just really started to take the idea of doing things and living for the Lord specifically to heart and like wanting to put it into practice instead of just thinking about it or, and so that is how I chose that one to be one of the books that I really love. So a great read, but also a book that really meant a lot to you. It sounds like. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, that's amazing. What's book two? Book two is the happiness project by Gretchen Rubin. I know she's a favorite by some of the other podcasters that you've interviewed. (laughs) It's true. She has had several books show up in the favorite section. What made The Happiness Project land on your favorites list? Um, The reason it landed on mine is I read it um, a few years ago, and um, I just loved the idea of making small changes in your life that you didn't have to go out and get a new, new, you didn't need to move anywhere or you didn't need to go get a brand <laughs> new you husband. Couldn't necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. Not that we wouldn't, but, um, you didn't have to go do something crazy, but she was just, she enjoyed her life and she just wanted to see if making small changes would make her happier. And the one thing that I absolutely, um, just took away that has resonated so much with me is her idea of being Gretchen. So I say I'm being Melissa. And that means for instance, I don't like, I do not like walking around, like going for crazy adventures or, or running or like, I don't really care for the outdoors. I do go outside, but I would much rather walk somewhere close and then go somewhere to get some food rather than go run a big marathon. Mm -hmm. And so I have realized that like, that's okay to be me and it's okay. And that was something that I took away from her book and just even small things like making the bed, Um, I do that every day and I'm surprised at 
how she talks about nagging tasks, that those things have really, it's true. And so I've taken that away from that book and just, and I also got to meet Gretchen Rubin when she was in San Francisco. And so of course now I have even more of a, of affinity for her. And I just love everything that she has written. Oh, very fun. Okay. What's book three? Book three um, is totally different. It's called Cinder and it is one of the Lunar Chronicles Mm -hmm. and the author, um, pretty sure her name is Marissa Meyer. Um, She is, um, it's young adult sci-fi and my sister recommended it to me and it took me a little while to read it, but finally she said, you need to, it's, and it, it's different than all the other books. And last year we did your reading challenge, my sister and I, my sister, Heather and I, and, um, she told me, she's like, you need to be more lighthearted in your books. And so this was her suggestion. And so I just love the pace, the fact that it's somehow sci-fi, but it's not, um, cluttery with like explanations of, of, um, spacecraft or I don't exactly know what the whole genre of sci-fi is, but I feel like I've opened a tiny little window into it. And I just love these books. I've read almost all of them now. Mm -hmm. So, so it sounds like the series was kind of a departure for you. Maybe not something you would have picked up based on the description without your sister's urging. For sure. Okay. Yeah. A lot of people say that about those books. And I've been very pleasantly surprised. Yeah. It's, um, I read those too. And again, like I didn't for a long time, even though I kept hearing they were good because I thought the cover was ugly and weird and didn't look like something that I usually read. But yeah, Cinderella is a cyborg. It, uh, like, she makes it work. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot of, it's a lot of fun. And it's definitely lighthearted. So I see where your sister was going with that. Exactly. Okay. Change of pace. Tell me what you hate. I re- recently read the book Redeeming Love and um, it's by Francine Rivers. And I did not like it um, for a couple of reasons. One, I could not relate to the character in the book Redeeming Love. Uh, Rivers writes about um, a um, essentially a prostitute and how it is to work at a brothel. And so it is quite fascinating in regards to um, just the idea of um, what it would be like for human trafficking, which is very um, common to be, to be thinking about that and to try to end that right now, especially like, I think there's a lot of, um, just publicity around that. And, and so, um, in this book, she then talks about how a man comes and he wants to marry her. And so he, uh, through the series, I don't want to like give away the whole book, but he ends up marrying her and he loves her. And so this book is supposed to be a parallel to, um, a Christian life where Jesus has done the same thing for us. But for me, I did not relate to the character at all. And my main problem with the book was a lot of people had recommended it to me. And so I think I may have gone into it with too high of expectations. But I think the main challenge for me was the flowery language with which Francine Rivers writes. I just, I, I can't handle it. I want her to get to the point, you know, if you can say the sky is blue, say the sky is blue, not it's so flowery and, you know, all these things. Okay. So nothing too poetic and lengthy that goes on and on with description. Melissa, what are you reading right now? I am reading, um, no surprise, Better Than Before mm-hmm. from Gretchen Rubin. I'm enjoying finding out about myself. 
although I am having a difficult time figuring out if I'm a questioner or an upholder. And so I think that I am probably a questioner of the upholder vein that she talks about. So um, I just love this book. It, it's helping me like have a little more insight on other people too. So enjoying that. The other one I'm reading is uh, Winter and um, making my way through, uh, I think that is the fourth of the Lunar Chronicles. So there's only one more after Winter. So I think I'm finding myself reading it a little slower because I'm afraid that I don't want them to end mm-hmm. and I don't know how they're going to end it. So I think mm-hmm. there's, and plus I, my sister's letting me borrow it, the physical copy rather than the library. So I don't have the tyranny of the library, if you will, to make it so then I return it. So I'm taking my time, which I don't really like to do, but I want, I'm <laughs> there I am. I admire your self-control. Okay. Well, you sound very self-aware about your reading, which is oh. helpful. I have ideas for you. Um, We'll get to it after the break. Before I recommend your books, can you tell me if there's anything you want to be different in your reading life right now? Um, I think I would like to be different the type of books that I read. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, as listed, like most of them are, or the ones that I've talked about, two of the four are like self-help or try and fix things or just people's memoirs. And so I'd like to try and get more into novels and um, just be a little bit more lighthearted in what I read, like my sister had suggested, and just have a little bit more fun and flexibility in it. Okay. What makes a novel fun for you? If it's fast-paced, uh-huh. I feel like that helps. Um, like I recently read the book, The Story Life of A.J. Fickery, and I really liked that book because there was a little twist to it and I wasn't expecting that. Uh And so you had recommended that book. And so I, I enjoyed that it was different than everything else that I had read up to that point. So I enjoy, and I think what I want different in my life is like, keep on reading different kinds of books. Okay. So you want to keep mixing it up? Yes. All right. Very much so. Perfect. All right. We'll see what we can do with that. Okay. Okay. So with that in mind, book one is going to be, (sighs) Shoot, I don't know. <laughs> I can think of all this great nonfiction that I want to recommend to you that builds off oh, still, your still picks. Do. Still yeah, do. but I want. I think. I think I want to leave you with two novels instead of okay. just one. Perfect. Is that? Do you think? Yeah. Okay. You're. Hey, you're the expert here. Okay. Well, we're gonna do the nonfiction first. Okay. Okay. Book one. It is the real thing by Ellen McCarthy. Have you heard of it? No. Okay, this is nonfiction. It could be categorized as probably self-help or personal growth. But here's why I think it's a branching out for you. It's written from a very journalistic point of view. Uh, McCarthy is the Washington Post weddings reporter. And she, I think she still serves in that post, did it for many years. And so she interviewed couples before the wedding and sometimes after the wedding. And this is a very wise, warm, very relatable collection of essays that she based on her interviews with more than 200 couples that she covered for this column in the post. And in it, she dishes on what she learned on the beat and she shares her own insights on love and marriage. Um, my favorite parts are when she talks about, uh, 
how she sat down with people and said, oh, no, like they need to just call it off because this is not going to work. I can tell you right now. And then the couple she sat down with and said, like, oh, this is this is the story of a happy marriage right here. So it has a sociologist approach that I don't see represented in your current picks. And it's not you've referenced several Christian titles. This is not a religious approach. This is a sociologist journalist approach. Um to relationships and marriage, but it is just, it's so fun. Um, and even though it's about all these other people, it's still, it still causes you to reflect on your own love and relationships and not just marriage, but also your friendships, your support network, all that. And Mm. she's just really, she, the way she writes, you think you'd just like to hang out with her for a little bit or Mm. a little bit. And she's funny. She talks about how I think she started the job like the week after she turned 30 and she got dumped on the first day or something, which makes you think, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> you, that sounds like a little bit much for one person to handle, but you can just see that happening to a friend, mm-hmm. not just, you know, the wise person writing the book. So I think you might enjoy that. What do you think? Yeah. I, I really like that idea. I, I love the idea of it being so sociological and the study of people. I love that. In my past life, I wanted to be a wedding coordinator. So this would be (laughs) well, then I think you might especially enjoy the details that she, she throws in because I think all wedding coordinators know that it says a lot about the couple, how they approach the um, coming events. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I would want people. um, hmm. That was a long time ago for me. It was almost 10 years ago for you too. So Okay. Well, you can enjoy reading about other people and you don't have to get to reflect. Nobody's going to be observing you oh, good. from from within the book. Good. Okay. Now we're going to fill up your novel reading list. Okay. Book two is Happiness for Beginners by Catherine Center. Do you know anything about it? I do not. Okay. So this is fun, lighthearted fiction. And I always thought, have you read any Brene Brown? Yes, I have. Okay. If I didn't know better, I would think that Catherine Center was Brene Brown's um, like fiction writing stunt double. Like wow. the concepts are all the same, but instead of being laid out in sociology terms, they are encapsulated in fictional stories. So, oh, cool. but they're not extremely uh, literary and they, they're just fun. So this oh, is like wow. smart chiclet. So in this story, um, we are following a woman named Helen Carpenter. I think she's about 30, give or take a year. And a year ago, she got divorced and she needs a do-over. So she signs up for, I'm just realizing this is kind of funny for you. She signs up for a notoriously tough wilderness survival course, even though she's not an outdoor kind of girl, just to prove that she can. Um, But then she finds out her little brother's best friend is joining her on the trip. So she wanted to have this big solitary, like, I'm going to reinvent myself in the wild. But this tie to her past is there with her. And she's forced to confront all these things that she didn't think she could face, including a group of sorority girls and running season for the elk and spin the bottle in the woods when she's 30. Um, But she does have to discover what it really means to be brave. And it's about it's about confronting more than a summer blizzard in Wyoming or wherever they are. So this is fun. It's light. It still manages to tackle some serious topics, though. How does that sound for you? That sounds awesome because I forgot to mention that I do love Everest books like Into Thin Air. I've read a couple other ones. And so although I I will not probably I mean, I'm not going to say never say never. Uh Uh-huh. But I will not, I don't think that I'm going to go climb Everest. Uh-huh. So 
this is definitely sounding like something I would love. Oh, fantastic. So we may be a lot alike in that I get most adventurous vicariously through Outside Magazine. And it's my husband's subscription. It's not even mine. That's awesome. Okay. Well, you can do a little vicarious adventuring with this one. That's great. Okay. Book three, another change of pace, but still lighthearted fiction. Love Walked In by Marissa De Los Santos. Do you know this one? I've only seen, um, I have not read it. And I've seen that you recommended it. And so I've been interested in, in her reading. But, oh, that's right. I, I think it was a summer reading guide pick last year. I know you've mentioned her name, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know which book you had written and you have suggested. Marissa so. Meyer was a favorite. We'll see what we can do with another Marissa. Oh, yes. And it's like Melissa. So, I mean, kindred spirit. I know. I think there's something there. Yeah. So, and this is about a woman named Cornelia, who in my head, I always want to call Cordelia, which is kind of like Anne Shirley. So we've got the kindred Mm -hmm. spirit thing going all over the place here. And suitably, she is a complete obsessed, hopeless romantic, like totally obsessed with the epic love stories portrayed in classic films, but kind of floundering in her own life, you know, really smart woman working in a coffee shop. Um, But then one day, a Cary Grant lookalike walks through the door and of course, she falls for him and her life changes. Um, and he has an 11-year-old daughter and they strike up an unlikely friendship, kind of of convenience at first, but then it becomes something deeper. And this is not uh, this is not high literature, Melissa, but you can't help but cheer them on. They're just sweet and likable and floundering and mostly an endearing way as they try to navigate the tricky waters of friendship and heartbreak and love. And De Los Santos is a poet by training. So, but she reins it in. So she's careful with her word choice. I was thinking poet might turn you off because it would make her sound flowery, but she knows the power of compactness in her words. So hopefully that actually makes it a good thing for you. Yeah, I do want to branch out. So I feel like I mean, I'm going to be open to poetry too. And if this is the same way, but it's not, it's not that kind of. It's not a real flowery book. Okay. So it just means that she's careful with the way she wields her words. Oh. So it's a lot of fun. And if you do love this, there's a sequel. Oh, yay. Yay. I always like to know there's something waiting if I totally, you know, fall in love with what I'm reading now. So how does that sound to you? That sounds awesome. I really, I really like all three of them. Okay. I'm going to have a tough time. Two novels. One journalistic exploration of the human human nature what do you think you'll read next oh this is a tough one i think i'm gonna look up all three of them and see which one the library may have and if not i'm gonna just go on and buy one for my kindle if if all three of them were to come to me at the same day i'm gonna start with the real thing and happiness for beginners probably on the same day well i'm gonna love walked in i'll keep my fingers crossed that that doesn't happen because you know We wouldn't wish that on any fellow library user. The thing where all your holes come in at once. Yes. (laughs) Well, that sounds great. Thanks for talking books with me today. Thank you. I'm so excited. Now I have new things to add to my list. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think of them. Thank you, Anne. Okay. Hey, readers. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Melissa today. Please head to the podcast site to share your recommendations for what Melissa should read next. That page is at what should I read next podcast.com slash 24. That's the numeral two, four. And it's also where you'll find the full list of titles we talked about today. 
And don't forget to sign up for the Summer Reading Guide so you can get my top picks for summer reading. Go to thesummerreadingguide.com to sign up or text the code READING to 33444. Readers, that's it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. As writer Maria Rilke said, ah, how good it is to be among people who are reading. Happy reading, everyone.